So does anyone remember how short Advent was this year? It was like three weeks long. So in the cosmic sense of balance, the church has actually extended Lent an entire week this year. Not really, but it feels like it. Some of you got really nervous. You're like, did it really? But the readings this weekend are very thematic and it's very Lent heavy. So it's kind of like the first weekend of Lent to me anyway, but we'll get into it. In the first reading, Moses is a precursor for Jesus. Moses is dealing with lepers. Not leopards, that would be way cooler, but lepers. (laughs) Jesus deals with lepers in the gospel. Jesus, the new Moses, has to do things better than Moses in order to fulfill prophecy. So where Moses could only confirm that a miracle of the Lord and healing from leprosy had taken place, the new Moses, Jesus, is able to heal the leprosy itself under his own power. The first reading is a section from their law. It's it's basically their public health policy on communicable diseases in ancient Israel. It's a real page-turner, let me tell you. (laughs) However, it is important, and we can't throw it away, because it shows the continuity between between Moses and Jesus. Because Jesus wasn't here just showing that he had really cool power over diseases. But in healing diseases, he was showing himself to be God. For only God can cure the people, and moreover, physical illness or deformity, since it was thought to be a result of sin on your own part or inherited from your parents. Now, speaking of the ill and infirmed, ancient Israel wasn't very ADA compliant, as they made all of those ill and uh, infirmed people live outside of the town. It was practical and it was theological. They were thought to be unclean, and they also had a communicable disease, so they didn't want that in the middle of the city. The leper, as we heard from the first reading, had to walk around announcing their status to everyone as unclean, unclean, announcing their condition for the safety of others, as well as admitting their status as a sinner. Now, if you encountered an unclean person, you then became unclean yourself if you interacted with them. So when Jesus heals the infirmities and fixes deformities, he is showing that he also has the power to forgive sins and to make clean what was unclean. Now for the rest of the gospel, I'm sorry, for the rest of the homily, I would like to focus on just a few lines of the gospel. It's from the gospel of Mark, and in totality we'll be looking at five verses. However, if you look keenly in these five verses, you can see the sacrament of reconciliation played out in a simple exchange between Jesus and the leper. So I'll reread this section and then I'll dissect it for you. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, if you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him and said, I do will it be made clean. A very quick interaction with lasting ramifications. The leper, a person who was a known sinner on account of his disease, a person unclean in body and spirit, that person, not a perfect one, but the person who is broken and his body is sick and his soul is sick, that person needs Jesus. The leper isn't passive either, but he actively seeks the Lord. And this is the first step in the sacrament of reconciliation, the actual inspiration to go to confession. My priest growing up in Virginia Beach, Father Jim Park, used to always say, the moment you desire to go back to confession, 
the Lord's mercy and grace is already active in your life. The gospel makes this clear that the leper desires a cure. He desires to be made clean. He desires Jesus. The passage continues and directs our attention to the position of the petitioner. He falls to his knees. He knows he is unworthy to even be on the same level as Jesus, and in his desperation, he falls down before him, asking him for something that the leper cannot do for himself. We do the same when we kneel or sit in the confessional. We humble ourselves before the Lord and ask him to do something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. We ask him to remove our faults, our failings, our shortcomings, and replace them with his grace. It continues, the leper, kneeling down, begged him. For it wasn't enough to politely ask the Lord. He begged him out of desperation and hope. When we go to confession, we humbly ask the Lord for healing, pardon, and peace. The leper is asking to be remade and reborn into society as a clean man now without leprosy. The words of the leper's prayers are patterned like the prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Olives. The leper says, if you will it, Lord, while Jesus in the Garden says, not my will, but your will, Father. Both are prayers for the Lord's providence to be supreme. The will of God is active in both the leper and in the Garden of Olives, but with very different results. With the leper, the will of God is that this cup does pass, and he is finally made clean. For the only Son of God, the will of God was that he should drink this bitter cup of suffering for us. But both prayers are made in earnest and answered by the Lord. The prayer of the leper continues in recognition of Jesus' power. He says, if you will it, you can make me clean. The leper's admonition is, Jesus, is that Jesus is the Son of God, for only God has the power to take away sins and thus heal infirmities. In response to the supplication of the leper, we hear that Jesus is filled with great emotion. He isn't just slightly swayed, but it describes him as being moved with pity. The heart of Jesus is moved often with pity because of those people who are desperate and asking him for a miracle. Jesus responds to the leper, I do will it. The will of God is for every single one of us to be healed. Jesus came to bind up what was broken and to heal the brokenhearted. In the Gospel of John, we are reminded that Jesus says he has come so that we might have complete joy. Not half joy, not semi-joy, complete joy. None of us can be truly joyful if there is something in our life that needs to be addressed and healed. We know it is the Lord's will that we be healed. His response to the leper is the same that he says to us as we start Lent. We pray, Lord, I am giving you these 40 days to do with what you want and to heal in me things that maybe I'm not even aware need healing. And the Lord's response to us is the same. I do will it. Be made clean. Now, Jesus is a fan of efficient word use, and that is something I appreciate about our Savior. Because in the confessional, the priest says the exact same thing, but with many more words in the prayer of absolution. Jesus makes it simple and clear. The will of the Lord is for you to be healed. Now be made clean, because I have forgiven your sins. 
It is in the forgiveness that the healing is found. It is the same in the confessional. We find healing and peace because of the grace of the Lord and his words, I absolve you of your sins. For it is not the priest that says he absolves you, but he is speaking in the first person singular in the person of Jesus. And he says, I absolve you. He repeats the interaction between the leper and Jesus in the gospel. In the gospel, he says, I do will it, be made clean. And in the confessional, he says to us, I absolve you from your sins. The first reading tells us that lepers had to live outside the city, away from the community, as I have said, because of their unclean communicable disease. In healing the leper, Jesus touches him, makes him clean, makes Jesus himself unclean. And then because of the testimony of the healing from the leper, Jesus can no longer move freely in and out of the towns and is forced to remain outside of them. He isn't outside because he is unclean, but it shows that Jesus switches places with the leper. He does the same thing for us on the cross. He changes our sin for his grace. Finally, the second reading has our marching orders as we prepare for Lent. Paul says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it, do everything for the glory of God. So whether you eat or don't eat, whether you fast or don't fast, whether you drink or give up alcohol, whether you give up your phone or social media, whatever you do for Lent, do it all for the glory of God. And if your Lenten sacrifice doesn't bring you closer to God, then let me suggest you pick something else. If your Lenten sacrifice only makes you angry and doesn't bring fruit in your spiritual life and glory to God, then let me suggest maybe that's not what you should do. Our Lenten sacrifices should be fruitful, not a terror to others. <laughs> Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday. As I have said before, no chocolates and love this year, only sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> but seriously, start thinking about Lent now. My suggestion is to clean house at the beginning of Lent. Come to confession and get your soul made clean like Jesus did for the leper. Restore your place in the community of believers by removing any sin and obstacle between you and the rest of the body of Christ. Start Lent with a position of openness to whatever the, Lord's want, to whatever the Lord wants to do with you, knowing that whatever he does is going to be so much better than we could ever have imagined. <laughs>